Good morning, everyone. Nice to see a full house this morning. You know, we are missing some today due to health issues. <clears throat> and I gotta say for myself, it's better be here this morning than to be walking the, the halls of a hospital. <clears throat> so before I get into this, let's have a moment of prayer and then we'll begin. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, acknowledging you as Lord and, and our Maker, our Savior and Creator. Lord, we give you honor this morning. We commit our lives and all that we are to you this morning. Lord, we pray you would touch those that are sick this morning. You touch uh, Sister Sharon and Brother Marcus, and I'm not sure who else, Lord. But pray your healing touch would be upon them, your grace would be with them this morning. Lord, so we commit this to you and pray that your name would be exalted. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so I guess getting into the message I have here, um, the, uh, I guess the title would be just a simple word, and that is, Words. <clears throat> Speaking about words this morning, which came about as, as um, a couple days ago, I was working with a brother, and and he brought up the question to, with to me. He said, "Do we use too many idle words in our conversation?" And what he was referring to was um, slang, fill phrases, and I'm not going to even get into those. Um, but that was his question to me, and I was left kind of without a, without a response, wasn't quite sure how to respond to it, because being a person somewhat guilty of this, uh, I felt a little unprepared to answer it. So, And what exactly did Jesus mean when he spoke of idle words? So it, was, it happened to be a day that I felt I had uh, an abundance of words that needed to be repented of. So this got me to thinking as I thought what to share. So um, the topic of words is quite a, a wide topic because it affects our lives so much. Um, I was just noticing one of the songs we sang, I counted in one line, um, it was 50 words. So... And that's good, uh, but we do have a lot of words come out of our mouth, both for good and bad, or it can be for bad. So we can see the effect of words as we observe songwriters, poets, authors, and politicians for good and bad, how they have used the power of words to relay their message and influence people in a dynamic way. So our words have, have quite an effect on people, and I know we're not necessarily in those positions, but um, maybe to some extent we are, and our words do affect people. <clears throat> I, I found this interesting. Um, President Donald Trump, when he sends out a tweet, um, which he does frequently, I don't really track him, but Notice once, um, just because of 
one word in his tweet, the ripple effect is sent across the world in the stock markets uh, just by one word, how they read into that. Now, I know that has a lot to do with his position, but what does our words, what effect do they have on people? One word we may say may have a huge effect on someone's life for good or bad. So since we have this incredible tool to use, how are we doing with it? By one estimation, the average person speaks 860.3 million words in a lifetime. Now, I don't know if that sounds like a lot. Um, It's just short of a billion. And I think we kind of become numb to these numbers. We hear trillions and billions and millions, and we wish it was in our pocketbook, but um, they're big numbers, and we don't really, I don't think we really even know what they are. Because um, if you were to say a million words, you'd be speaking for a while. Well, 860.3 million words is the average in a person's lifetime. In one day... We may speak 7,000 to 20,000 words in a day. And those two numbers, they say, reflect what gender you are. Which I won't get into that. That's not the point. Um, But nonetheless, we speak a lot of words in a lifetime. We speak a lot of words, and we're told that we'll give account with the words we speak. Matthew 12, this is uh, one of the main scriptures I'm going to read out of. It's kind of what I'm going to revolve around somewhat. 33 through 37. Jesus said, Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now I know we know this here all pretty much by memory, but does the weight of these words, um, does it set onto our hearts and does it change our lives? If we will be justified and condemned, by our words, do we really realize what he's saying there? <clears throat> and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I'm going to read a com- commentary from uh, <clears throat> Matthew Henry. Uh, and I, I cut some of this out because he can ten- tend to be pretty wordy. Um, It is the character of a good man that he has a good treasure in his heart and from thence brings forth good things as there is occasion. 
A good man will be speaking and doing that which is good for God's glory and the edification of others. This is bringing forth good things. Some pretend to have a good treasure within, but give no proof of it. They hope they have it in them, and thank God, whatever their words and actions are, they have good hearts, but faith without works is dead. And some have a good treasure of wisdom and knowledge, but they are not communicating. They do not bring forth out of it. They have a talent, but know not how to trade with it. Christ speaks here concerning idle words and shows what evil there is in them. It concerns us to think much of the day of judgment, that that may be a check upon our tongues and let us consider. Number one, how particular the account will be of tongue sins in that day, even for idle words or discourse that man speak, they shall give account. This intimates that God takes notice of every word we say, even that which we ourselves do not notice. <clears throat> if you ever heard, and I've heard this already, where uh, an audio where they'll overlap a whole bunch of people talking, and you know it's just a jumble. But if you think of all the words being spoke in a day, let's just take in, in this area or in the state, it would just be an indistinguishable jumble. But God takes notice of every word. <clears throat> As Psalms 139.4 says, a word, not a word, in my tongue, but thou knowest it altogether. Those spoken without regard or design, God takes cognizance of it. That vain, idle, impertinent talk is displeasing to God, which tends not to any good purpose. It's not good to any use of edifying. It is a product of a vain and trifling heart. These idle words are the same with that foolish talking and jesting, which is forbidden, as in Ephesians 5.4. This is that sin which is seldom wanting in the multitude of words, unprofitable talk. We must surely account for these idle words. They will be produced in evidence against us to prove us unprofitable servants that have not improved the faculties of reason and speech, which are part of the talents we are entrusted with. If we repent not of our idle words and our account for them, be not balanced by the blood of Christ, we are undone. How strict the judgment will be upon that account. By thy words thou shalt be justified or condemned. A common rule in man's judgments, and here applied to God's. Note the constant tenor of our discourse, according as it is gracious or not gracious, will be an evidence for us or against us at that great day. <clears throat> so it's fairly sobering if you look at this. Um, how are we using our words? Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 2 says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let, thine, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth, therefore let thy words be few. 
Though we are judged by our words and instructed that our words should be few, let us not think that if our words are few, then we are righteous. I believe that in judgment we will be judged by our idle words that we speak, but we may also be judged by our lack of good words. And I know um, some of us are people of few words, and um, I think we're gifted differently. Some are are more free to speak and some are not and that's that's not wrong so um you know if if we say well i i really don't talk much so therefore i i'm pretty good well i think we're actually going to be judged too by not having good words by having the lack of good words so let's not focus so much on not speaking but what are we speaking Because I think God is glorified and praised through words. So let's not become mum and tongue-tied. We will be judged not by our quantity of words, but by our words' quality. First Corinthians fourteen six through eight says, Now brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So my question is, do we give an uncertain sound through our words? Do we give a mixed signal? Um, It's like Jesus said, how can a a good tree bear bad fruit? Um, It's a real challenge. Do we give a mixed signal? Do we give an uncertain sound? One time saying one thing, another time saying a different thing. James 1.26, and this is pretty sobering, says, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. It's vain. <clears throat> well, trust me, I don't mean to leave you discouraged here, so hang in there. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 10, 1 says, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So does a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. It smells bad. It's like rotten flies in the, in the perfume ointment. Here's a quote that I'm not sure who, quoted, who, uh, who said it, but be mindful when it comes to your words. A string of some that don't mean much to you may stick with someone for a lifetime. And that's, that's very true. You know, I can go back in my memory, and oddly, I can remember certain people said certain things, and I don't know why it stuck, but it did. Some are good, some are, you know, n- neither good or bad. They just stuck for some reason. Proverbs 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. A word fitly spoken. 
That's not the omission of words. That's speaking good words. And here's a poem. I remember um, back in school, I was probably eight years old, we would have our annual Christmas program, and every student, I think, was supposed to memorize a verse, and they would stand up front, and or uh, not a verse, but a poem, and uh, they would say it off, out of memory. And one of my friends had this poem that I was able to find. Drop a pebble in the water, and some of you may know this, but I'll read it. It's the effect of words. Drop a pebble in the water, just a splash, and it is gone. But there's half a hundred ripples circling on and on and on, spreading, spreading from the center, flowing on out to the sea, and there is no way of telling where the end is going to be. Drop a pebble in the water in a minute, you forget. But there's little waves of flowing, and there's ripples circling yet. And those little waves of flowing to a great big wave have grown. You've disturbed a mighty river just by dropping in a stone. Drop an unkind word or careless. In a minute, it is gone. But there's half a hundred ripples circling on and on and on. They keep spreading, spreading, spreading from the center as they go. And there is no way to stop them once you've started them to flow. Drop an unkind word or careless. In a minute, you forget. But there's little waves of flowing and there's ripples circling yet. And perhaps in some sad heart, a mighty wave of tears you've stirred and disturbed a life was happy ere you dropped that unkind word. Drop a word of cheer and kindness. Just a flash and it is gone. But there's half a hundred ripples circling on and on and on bearing hope and joy and comfort on each splashing, dashing wave till you won't believe the volume of the one kind word you gave. Drop a word of cheer and kindness in a minute, you forget, but there's gladness still a-swelling and there's joy a-circling yet. And you've rolled a wave of comfort whose sweet music can be heard over miles and miles of water just by dropping one kind word. So let's focus on uh, having a speech, words that have a positive effect. <clears throat> Proverbs fifteen twenty three says, A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good is it? Isaiah 50, verse 4 says, the Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. And I think we need to, speaking for myself at least, be more sensitive to people's needs. Uh, you may be able to give that word um, to pick up the hands that hang down, to straighten the feeble knees, and to help make a straight path for them. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. <clears throat> Romans twelve twenty one says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So let's not be overcome with evil, but overcome it with good. So it all comes down to, um, so how do we do this? If, if we just have 
words coming out of her mouth. Uh, do we just stop up the dam and somehow that doesn't? No, I think if we want to have good words coming out of our mouth, we need to put good things in our heart. And I, I know for my own self that when I have an abundance of idle words coming out, it's because I haven't filled the inside up. There's a lack of the indwelling of God in there. It is in those times that we are not abiding in Him that we sin with our mouth. So just to, just to wrap this up, um, John fifteen four through 5 says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So I think that's the crux of the matter. Yes, um, words are an issue, um, but I think we need to deal with uh, maybe a deeper issue and fill up the inside that out of it um, will flow good words. We can have peace in our heart and it will emanate out to those around us. So I hope that can be a blessing to you. Um, You know, it's felt a little bit like I may be preaching to the choir and I'm the guilty one, but um, nonetheless, I think it's it was good for me to dig into this and to, to learn what the Lord has to say about our words. So may the Lord bless you with that.